Welcome to a podcast from St. Stephen's Episcopal Church in McKeesport, PA, the friendly church in the heart of town since 1885. We're located at the corner of Walnut Street and 8th Avenue in downtown McKeesport. We invite you to join us this Sunday for worship at 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website at stephensmckeesport.com or find us on Facebook. This week's sermon was from the Reverend Benjamin Wright. sixth chapter, we'll read the 31st, 35th verse and then skip to the 41st verse. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And the Jews began to complain about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not complain among yourselves. No man can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me. And I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written in the prophets. And they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful God, grant that by the indwelling of your Holy Spirit, we may be enlightened and strengthened for your service. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, please be seated for a few moments. Well, today we have the honor of welcoming uh, Xander Thomas into the body of Christ, and we're just delighted uh, to have Xander Thomas and his family all here to worship with us uh, today as uh, we all take uh, part in renewing our baptismal vows, so I'm going to want to, to speak a little bit about that. But first I wanted uh, to address this as we've continued to learn uh, from the Apostle Paul's letter to the church in, in Ephesus. Uh, and the fact that once we become believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, and certainly that's our goal for Xander Thomas this day, uh, as his parents and sponsors uh, vow that he will be reared in the faith, that when we come to faith in Christ Jesus, then we're just not the same person that we used to be. We are changed. And so we no longer live by the ways of the world, but rather live Christ-like lives uh, by his example. Um, and so the lead-in to today's lesson that our lectionary skips uh, is the final two, ver uh, chapter uh, 4, verses 22 and 3. You were taught to put away your former way of life, your old self corrupt and deluded by its lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and to clothe yourselves with a new self, created according to the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. So the symbol, I mean, I love the way Paul does this in, in Galatians, when he talks about putting on Christ. Uh, just like we put on our shirt, or put on our blouse, or, or put on our dress, uh, we're that close and intimate with the very person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're identifying ourselves that that's who we are, uh, that we are dedicated to living pure, holy, and righteous lives. Today's lesson begins, so then putting away falsehood. But we all have a problem with lies. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, we're all born with this terrible disease called original sin. Uh, and we're all destined to die because of it, but by the love of Christ Jesus, we are saved from that death and given the gift of eternal life through faith in Christ Jesus. But anytime there are lies or falsehood in any relationship, and whether this is in the family, or for us as the body of Christ, or where you work, or in any relationship wherever you are, lies, not telling the truth will poison it, and it will kill it almost instantly. And so uh, when we're followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we talked about last week, we are followers of him, and he is the way, the truth, and the life, that there is absolute and objective truth. So that is what we seek. In fact, the psalmist in Psalm 58 says, the wicked go astray from the womb, they err from their birth, speaking lies. So we all have this natural tendency to want to tell lies, especially when it involves something that we 
did that we shouldn't have done or things that we were supposed to do that we neglected to do, but rather we're called to speak uh, the truth uh, in love. So let us all speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members one of another. Then he continues, be angry, but do not sin. Now this is a righteous anger. It's kind of anger that we have towards child molesters and rapists and drug dealers and those sorts of things. Uh, that they are intolerable for us as Christians and intolerable for us as a society. But we can do very bad things to people uh, based on that, which would mean that we would sin. So it is fine to hold this righteous indignation, if you will, but don't let that sh let you enter into sin. And then do not let the sun go down on your anger. And what wonderful instruction. The Apostle Peter would talk about in his relationship with his wife, um, that if he had some difference with her, he wanted to be sure and reconcile that, get that sorted out so he'd be able to pray with her before they went to sleep. So don't let the sun go down on your anger, but rather seek forgiveness, give forgiveness, be reconciled one to another in Christ Jesus. And for the Apostle Peter was so, his highest joy was to be able to pray uh, with his wife. And do not make room for the devil. And so today, for example, in the baptismal liturgy will be the renunciation of evil, that we must renounce the devil in order to say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, we don't allow Satan or demonic forces or evil to enter into our, our body, that we, we guard against them. So thieves must give up stealing, rather let them labor and work honestly with their own hands so as to have something to share with the needy. So we're called to be industrious. We're called to do that so that we can share with others who are in need. It's not for us, it's for others. Remember last week we talked about love and the commitment of love is to always seek the highest good for others. And so we work, we don't, we're not parasites or leeches, uh, but rather we're productive and industrious and we do that so that we may share with others. And then let no evil talk. You could also, no corrupt speech come out of your mouths. So no complaining, no whining, no bad-mouthing other people. I don't care what they do in the political ads or anywhere else. It's not part and parcel of who it is for us as Christians to go around bad-mouthing other people uh, and engaging in such speech but only what is useful for building up as there is need so that your words may give grace. The unmerited favor of God that in our speech is to build, other up, build others up, uh, to encourage them, uh, to help them uh, in their lives as opposed to putting them down. So we give grace through what we say to those who hear. And then we're instructed, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you are marked with the seal for the day of redemption. Today, for Xander Thomas, uh, we'll take the oil of chrism, which is all blessed by the bishop. 
and we'll make, I'll make the sign of the cross on Xander's forehead and pronounce that Xander, you are sealed as Christ's own forever. And of course, all is the symbol of the Holy Spirit, of God's very presence. And so that is the seal of our redemption, that Jesus paid the price for our sins, therefore we are given the gift of salvation through faith in Christ because of his grace. And so the Holy Spirit is a person. So just like any person, you can insult them. Uh, when we do things that we shouldn't or neglect to do the things that we should, we grieve others. Especially when we engage in what's known in the Old Testament as the sins of the high end, which are, we know it was wrong, but we did it anyway. It's only by the death of Jesus that we are given forgiveness for those. But let's not engage in that. That's part of who we are as Christians, is to know, because true wisdom is knowing the difference between what is good and is of God and what is evil and is not. And so we're called be bathed in God's word and his truth and to know what is good and therefore in that to know what is evil so we reject the evil we do what is good and to do what is good edifies and glorifies the Lord to do what is evil can grieve his person put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander together with malice. And I love the way Paul always addresses, don't do this. But think about the words that he uses. Bitterness, this feeling of being cheated. And because of your bitterness, you poisoned the relationships with others. And wrath. And wrath, of course, is judgmental anger. But true justice comes in the holiness of God, not in our imperfection. And so we're called not to be judgmental, but rather to let God be the judge uh, and not to, to have this judgmental anger. And then there's this anger that is selfish anger. All of us know people that wear their feelings out here on their sleeve, just baiting you to do something that makes them mad, and then they blow up. And people, a lot of times, unfortunately, are given their way because they blow up and basically throw a temper tantrum. Uh, but we don't let that affect us or our relationship. Nor should we throw temper tantrums uh, and want our way in selfish anger. And then is to clamor, uh, in today's lesson, the, the NRSV uses wrangling, which is a wonderful word, but it's quarrels and shouting. You know people, maybe you've done it yourself. You know, as you start saying words of war against one another, that whoever speaks the loudest gets their way. And people will do that. You know, the volume comes up because they want their way. And they want to control the situation. We see as Christians, Paul is very clearly instructing us, this wrangling or quarreling is not Christ-like. And then slander. Let's say something evil or make false accusations about someone else. Unfortunately, we have a lot of this going on in our culture. All I have to do is turn on the TV or listen to the radio, and inevitably you'll hear somebody slandering someone. 
That's not us as Christians. What we speak is to build up the body, not to hurt others. And then the last uh, term that Paul uses with all malice. And of course, we speak in malice with the intent of using words to hurt someone else. And we can do that. We're all very gifted at it. Uh, unfortunately, probably most every one of us is guilty of having done that at some point, that we wanted to hurt somebody with a barb of what we said, some kind of insult or putting them down uh, or something uh, with malice, uh, with the intention of hurting them. Uh, so it's injurious speech uh, that's made with contempt, and that's not part of who we are as Christians. So Paul is saying, just put all those sorts of things in your speech and your relationships uh, aside. But then, of course, he always gives us the correct way to do it. And be kind to one another. Be tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven us. And remember, we don't deserve forgiveness, but he forgives us. And we are forgiven as we forgive others. So we must be willing to extend forgiveness to others. Even though they're wrong, even though they hurt us, we must be willing to say, I forgive you. And therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love as Christ loved us. And this is part of one of the uh, baptismal vows that we uh, will be taking for Xander Thomas uh, for his sponsors is that they will rear him in the faith so that he can attain the full stature of Christ. To truly be Christ-like. And that's our goal for all of us, is to truly be Christ-like. After all, if we profess to be Christians, then we are ambassadors for Christ. And what we do and what we say reflects. And so they look at us and say, well, that must be a way a Christian uh, behaves and acts and speaks. And so are you a good witness in the full stature of Christ? And to live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And so Jesus, out of his love for us, died in our place to pay the price for our sins on the cross, that he loves us that much. And then by the power of the Holy Spirit was raised in the resurrection with complete victory over death. It's given to us, appropriated to us by faith and because of God's grace. Well, I'd like to, since we are renewing our baptismal covenant, I'm going to invite you to, to turn to that before we, we actually engage in it. Um, so if you go to page uh, 302, And the charge here, if you'll notice from uh, the vows, uh, is our goal with Xander Thomas is in being reared by his parents, uh, prayed for by all of us as the body of Christ, that he will be reared uh, in the faith, that when he is able uh, uh, to be presented to the bishop, that he will be presented to the bishop for the laying on of hands, and he will make an adult profession of the vows that are made for him today. Uh, the profession that Jesus is Lord and Savior in his life. So on 302, 
uh, in the middle of the page uh, is the renunciation of evil, and this is what we were speaking about a minute ago. Uh, and it's on a cosmic level, if you will, the devil and all the forces of evil. And then it's on, if you will, because of the brokenness in which we live because of the fall, the environmental level. Uh, and we don't have a lot of control over those, and that's why we seek uh, to live in the Holy Spirit uh, to do those. And then it's on a very personal level. Uh, do you renounce all sinful desires that draw you from the love of God? We all have to face temptation and to keep focused on Christ no matter how good uh, those alternatives may look. And then do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your savior? Uh, and I think it's important to discuss the fundamentals. If you declare that Jesus is savior in your life, what, what does that mean? We use that term all the time loosely, but have you really thought and weighed what it means to declare him a savior? Well, what it means is we have to be saved from something. And he is our savior because he's the one that saves us. And we're saved from eternal death. And the way that we're rescued or saved from eternal death is through faith in Christ Jesus, as we read in our gospel account from John 6 is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's acknowledging that we can't do away with our sin on our own, but he can. Therefore, we are saved. Our salvation is by him. And then we put our whole trust, our, that's what we were talking about, our belief, our faith in him and his grace and his love. And then do you promise to follow and obey him as your Lord? Well, what does it mean to obey Jesus as your Lord? In fact, that was the earliest creed of the church. Jesus is Lord. Now, it's not part of our American culture. We like to think in terms of rugged individualism and, and those sorts of things. And lords are not part of our culture. But it's understanding that Jesus has absolute sovereignty and authority over us. That was through him that we came into being to be created in God's very image. It is through him that the world continues, provision is made for us, and everything that we have, everything that we will have or ever will be is who we are in Christ Jesus. And so without Christ Jesus, we wouldn't even exist. We owe him everything. And that's true freedom is to be his servant. The highest title to which we can aspire is to be a faithful servant of the Lord. And we do that willingly and in love, knowing that true freedom is being a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, we accept him as Lord. We accept him as having absolute sovereignty. And therefore, it is a vow of obedience to follow him and follow it his way uh, with the truth of God's holy word. One of the things that, that helps us uh, to prepare in doing that, can anyone, uh, do you know offhand what the first thing that a Jewish child learns? Their first bit of memory work is the Shema. And Shema means to hear. And it's part and parcel uh, to their life and should be ours as well. And this is from uh, Deuteronomy 6, beginning with verse 4. Hear, O Israel. The Lord is our God, 
the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words that I'm commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. In other words, the Lord Jesus Christ should always be foremost in your mind, in your heart, in your very being, that you always have those before you where you see them, that Jesus is always, is everything I'm doing pleasing to him. And this is why it is so important that Xander Thomas be reared in the faith, because you throw him out into the world and there's all kinds of people that are in opposition to Christianity who will have all kinds of alternatives to the truth. And unless he and each and every one of us is well steeped in the truth of his word and his holiness and his righteousness, we are not able to resist all the forces of evil that are out there. So think about in your mind, on your heart, on your wrists, on your doorposts. And these, uh, you know, whether you're lying down and you're standing up, which means everything in between, that's called a merism. Uh, everything uh, that is in between, everywhere and everything that you are, that that is foremost uh, in your life. <clears throat> and then we get to the bottom of page 303, and I'm gonna call all of you to support uh, Xander Thomas's uh, uh, sponsors in the vows they take today. And it's the acknowledgement that as the body of Christ, we all have a responsibility to pray for him, to pray for his family, to support him, and to work together in the body. Then today we'll use the Apostles' Creed. Uh, and the reason we use the Apostles' Creed is uh, that it was developed and teaching new converts Christianity. So why is it important that we know what we believe? And why we use creeds. The word creed comes from credo in Latin, which is I believe. Because what you believe drives the way you think, it drives the way you react and the way that you do. So if you believe something that's false, that's the reaction that you have. If you believe the truth in the Lord Jesus Christ, then that is the basis upon which you make decisions. Now in the Apostles' Creed, because it was used for instruction for new converts uh, to uh, Christianity, uh, the old tradition was uh, that the deacon would get down the pool and the bishop as the overseer uh, and, and the, uh, the, the deacon would lower the person into the water, submerse them, and bring them up out of the water and say, do you believe in God the Father? And they'd recite what they believe in God the Father. And then immerse them again. Do you believe in God the Son? And what uh, they believe about God the Son. And then the third time, and do you believe in God the Holy Spirit? Uh, so that they could recite what they believe. And we too will do that today. 
So the significance of the water and the immersion, of course today we're going to use aspersion uh, rather than actually uh, immersing the baby, but we could immerse the baby if the family requested that, um, is that when you're held under water, one drowns. And so the whole symbolism is that we die to self. We die to our old way of living life. So we're going to take this seven or eight pounds of original sin uh, with a symbology that he's going to die to himself and die to the way of sin and evil right here from the very beginning. And then in the power of the resurrection will be raised as a new creation, a new creation in Christ Jesus, alive uh, in the Lord. And then I want to uh, reiterate on the top of page 305, we proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ, that we are in fact all called to be ambassadors for Christ, that we are in effect all ministers, that we must witness to others about how Christ Jesus works in our lives and what he's done personally in my life uh, in our own witness, that they too may enjoy in following Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So let us pray. O oh God, because without you we are not able to please you, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things uh, direct and rule our hearts through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You've been listening to a podcast from St. Stephen's Episcopal Church, located at the corner of Walnut Street and 8th Avenue in downtown McKeesport since 1885. This week's sermon was from the Reverend Benjamin Wright. We invite you to join us for Sunday worship at 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website at stephensmckeesport.com or find us on Facebook. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.